0: Welcome to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, M.D., a fresh perspective on relationships, success, and happiness for high-achieving moms. Hey there, it's Jenny, and welcome back to Rethink Your Rules. This week, we are going to be picking up where we left off last week, talking some more about the concept that perhaps everyone is doing the best they know how. Last week, I talked mostly about the why behind that and some of the reasons that I think it's worth considering that as a core belief that guides your life. And this week, I want to talk about the how of how you actually can use this to transform difficult situations and conversations. But before we get to that, I do want to share my heck yes and hard pass for this week So the hard pass I decided to take this week was on packing our vacation schedule full of sightseeing activities. We were just in San Diego with our family and we had a list of so many things that the kids would have enjoyed doing there. You know, they have the zoo, they have the uh, safari park, they have SeaWorld, obviously there's beaches, there's just, um, you know, so many things there. Plus we also had already decided to do a couple of days at Legoland and was possible for us to do sort of like one big activity every single day, the way that our schedule worked out. But I also knew that it would be pretty busy and exhausting. And honestly, we all felt like we kind of wanted plenty of time to relax on the beach and read and be lazy and sleep in. And so I took a hard pass on you know, that, that FOMO or that sense of like, we need to do and see all the things while we're here. And I was really glad that I did. I, you know, someday maybe we'll go back and see more of the things that we missed, but it felt like a really good balance of relaxing time and activity time for most of us. My son still felt like it was too much activity, not enough relaxing, but that's typical. Um, but so I just want to encourage those of you. I mean, I know the summer's wrapping up and many of you have been traveling a lot, but I think sometimes we think that we, if we're going to a place, we have to do and see and make the most of every single thing that's there. And, you know, sometimes we just need to take a hard pass on that and realize we'll never see it all. And the memories and the time together and taking care of ourselves and feeling rested when we come back is also really important. So that was my hard pass for the week. My heck yes this week is another great Instagram parenting guru to follow. His name is Mr. Chaz, at M-R-C-H-A-Z-Z on Instagram. I will put his info in the show notes. But he has some great reels just giving uh, people such perspective about the anxiety about going back to school and anxiety over your parenting and emotionally coaching your kids. And I've really loved his perspectives. As I said before on here, I really think for parents, these quick, hit uh, reels, short form videos that are on Instagram are such a great way to get a little bit of parenting insight without spending a lot of time having to sit down and read an entire book. And then if you find someone you like, like Mr. Chaz, or I've talked about Dr. Becky before, you can seek out their podcasts, their newsletters, their books for more, but I know we're all busy. So I just love these quick, insightful uh, reels that he's been putting out. Okay. So with that, let's move on to our topic. So last week, I talked about the reasons why you may want to be open to the idea that everyone is doing the best they know how. So assuming that you're kind of with me on board with that, you may be thinking, well, sure, that makes a lot of sense. But then, you know, what about this person that really drives me crazy? Or what about this person who's really doing this wrong? Or this, or I believe that, and then I went to work, and then, you know, someone did something really stupid, and then I, you know, was still frustrated with them, like, what's going on? So I'm going to talk this week about some of the practical sort of how to use this and how to actually begin to believe this new concept, right? So the first thing that you want to do is begin to notice the emotions that are happening for you and the thoughts that are happening for you when someone's frustrating you, okay? So I talked a bit about this back in I think it was episode 8 called smoke detector, we talked about the 3 Ds that I use with my clients and the first one of those is to detect what's going on for you. So detect your emotion. Many of us, high achieving women, busy women are not good at this. We're just not good at talking about our emotions, giving them much time. We sort of just like think they're kind of in the way, we should ignore them, you know, et cetera. But I just want you to start to detect that feeling in your body. Okay, look, this is my anger. (laughs) Oh, look at that. I'm feeling pretty judgmental of this person. I'm feeling pretty annoyed with this person. I'm feeling self-righteous right now. Like I, you know. I'm feeling defensive you know, and insecure. Maybe I'm feeling disappointed because I expected something. So the first thing you wanna do is detect and notice those emotions in the moment, okay? Um, because when you don't do that, those emotions tend to control a lot of your behavior and you react to them. And it doesn't allow you when you're in that emotional headspace, it doesn't allow you to kind of think these calm, rational thoughts like, of course, they're doing the best they can. Of course, they're not a terrible person. Right. Like that headspace, that calm, logical space is really hard to get to when you're emotionally involved. Right. And so the first step to doing that is just to name for yourself what's going on with the emotion. And I've talked about this before. Name it to tame it. Right. And we see this with kids. Little kids who don't have the language for their emotions, when you simply say to them, Oh, like you seem very angry, or you seem jealous, or that's jealousy, you can see them visibly soften and relax because, like, now they have a word for the thing, the nameless emotion and vibration in their body. You can do that for yourself. And this has come up for me quite often. I did not realize sometimes, like, there was an anger under there because I was afraid to admit to myself or to other people that something made me angry. It was, I felt like I shouldn't be angry, I should be this calm, like, happy, passive person all the time. And the crazy part is when you go through this step of naming an emotion to yourself and noticing it um, and confronting it, I guess, for lack of a better word, you actually act less angry, less anxious, less rude. Okay. Because often those actions you're taking where you're like yelling at someone or arguing or defending yourself or whatever those are actually you kind of resisting the emotion and trying to avoid it or trying to get rid of it um, or, or pretend it's not there. Um, But actually when we sort of calmly say to ourselves, okay, like this is making me angry right now. Actually, ironically, we tend to act less angrily. (laughs) Okay. So that's the first step is I want you to look at these situations where there's maybe someone that you work with or someone in your family who tends to, you're kind of stuck with them. Like you're going to be interacting with them for a long time, but when you're around them, you get frustrated. Okay. Or angry or whatever. Like think of that person and start to notice the emotions that you have. Okay. That's the first step. That's the detecting step. step. Um, some of the emotions I already listed for you. The other thing you can detect is how you're acting around them. So you may notice that you're, um, kind of complaining to other people about them or avoiding them or looking for things that they're doing wrong or, um, judging them, yelling at them, acting self-righteous, you know, maybe you're writing them up a lot or complaining to your manager about them or whatever the case may be. Um, Maybe it's your family members, you're not bickering with them or you're kind of like nitpicking what they're doing a lot. Um, So you might just notice those actions. And I know for me, sometimes I'm like, gosh, you know, like after the fact, I'm like, gosh, I was like, just really complaining a lot to everyone about that person. And I didn't really enjoy how my day was like focused on complaining and being frustrated with them. Um, And so noticing that for yourself when You know, I'll joke to myself, like, oh, Jenny, that was not a good look. (laughs) Like, that's not really how I want to be showing up. So be honest with yourself and detect it. Um, So that's the first step, the detecting step. That alone is so powerful. Okay. Because again, naming it brings it out into the open and gives you permission to deal with it. But the second step is to dig deeper. And so that's where you want to ask yourself, like, why am I angry? Or why am I acting this way? Or why is this bothering me? Sometimes you can even talk to the anger, the emotion and be like, what do you need here? Like what's going on? What's the problem? Right. And for me, when I ask these types of questions and some of the scenarios that have come up for me, I tend to find very common themes in what's making me angry. Okay. And I will tell you that usually the reason something is making you very emotional is because you are making it about yourself. (laughs) Okay. Because that person going around doing life the way they've always done life, right? Their best in their mind, which is different than your mind, right? Was not a problem for you until your brain decided that it was a problem for something personal. So for example, I've had times where you know, I think I used this example last week. I was on the phone with another specialist, and we have these rules, and they're not kind of following those guidelines, and they wanted me to do work that on the guidelines should be their thing to do, right? And I noticed after the fact that I was like kind of annoyed and I was complaining to my colleagues and I just didn't like that look. And then I thought about it. It's like, well, what was bothering me about this, right? And what was it? Well, I was thinking they're taking advantage of me, right? And so that thought, they're taking advantage of me feels very insulting. It feels very personal. Plus on a practical level, it was taking up my time. It was taking up my energy. It felt like they weren't respecting my expertise and my role and they thought they were better than me, right? So as you can see, that line of thinking is makes a lot of sense that I was angry, right? And also I get to feel that way. Maybe they were taking advantage of me. Maybe they weren't understanding my expertise. Like, And so as long as I was thinking that, I get to be like, okay, Jenny, like you were angry because of this reason, um And so I really think anytime you notice that you have these strong emotions, you're acting this way you don't want to, kind of take a step back and say why and figure out what what am I doing here? Like, what is my brain making this mean about me? Okay? Because if you have a strong emotion about someone else's actions, it's going to be because you're making it about you. You know, it's like someone else's kid having a bad attitude um, and screaming doesn't affect you. Until what? Until they're screaming in your ears and it's hurting your ears or they're teaching your kids to have that bad action. Right. Or um, or you're responsible for the child and you're the one that has to deal with the fallout. Right. But someone else's kid over there, wherever they are doing their thing doesn't bother you until it actually impacts your personal life. Right. And so that's because your brain is making it about you. And that's kind of the best news ever because that means that then you can decide to neutralize it for yourself and approach it differently as if it weren't actually about you at all, which their actions are never really about you for them, right? So in coaching speak, we kind of talk about this as like cleaning up your thoughts about the situation. So in my example with this other specialty group, I have a lot of thoughts about them not doing the thing that we've all agreed that they should do, okay? um one of those thoughts is that it's actually better for patient care and safer because it's within their expertise and it's not in my expertise right another of those thoughts is that they're taking advantage of me and trying to throw work on my plate and now it's more of a hassle for me and right and so you can see the difference there the first thought is sort of a very logical practical we can have this discussion on a calm level the second thought is like about what i'm making it mean about me and my <laughs> what they think about me and my workflow etc it's much more emotional so my job is to clean up that second line of thinking, okay, and own it and be like, okay, I'm a little irritated because like my brain's thinking that they're taking advantage of me. Right. And then I get to decide what to do with that anger. And what I will find when I look back on that scenario is that when I was indulging in that line of thinking and that emotion of anger, I created a lot of issues, right? Like I wasn't solving the problem. I was causing more problems throughout my day. It was taking my energy away from my work. I was kind of feeling, you know, complaining to everyone and grumpy and whatever. Right. And so I can maybe look back now and recognize, I don't really want to indulge that second line of questioning. That's really about me. I just want to like, allow myself to be a little irritated. Right. And acknowledge that anger. And again, once I acknowledge that anger and let it be there, I'm like, okay, Jenny, it makes sense that you feel angry because like you think they're taking advantage of you. Right? Like already that takes the edge off of it. And then I can be like, well, do I want to continue to go down that line? Like that's the deciding step. So we detected the emotion, we dug deeper and saw what we were making it mean about ourselves. And now the deciding step is like, do I want to keep you, you know, heading down that path, or do I want to just sort of put that aside for a minute because we don't even know for sure that they're actually taking advantage of me? Maybe this is the best that they know how. Maybe they have other information I don't have, right? All the stuff I talked about last week. And then you get to, okay. I'm angry because I'm thinking that they are taking advantage of me and then you can add on, but it's possible they're doing the best they know how. Do you see how that works? So I have now softened up this whole personal sort of offended, angry state with reminding myself, okay, like I'm cleaning all that up for myself, that I'm taking ownership of that and I'm reminding myself that they're probably doing their best. Maybe there's a miscommunication. Maybe they have different information. Maybe I don't know everything here, whatever, right? And that doesn't change that whole first thing I said that, hey, it may still be the very right thing for the patient and for everyone else for them to do this thing that's on the agreement that we've made, right? but we can't even talk about that productively if i am in this offended angry state once i've cleaned that up i remind myself they're probably doing their best you know then i can collaborate communicate i can even write a you know a note to our directors and say hey there seems to be a lot of misunderstanding around this pretty important thing i think for patient care reasons we should make sure everyone's on the same page but that's going to go a lot further whereas if i head down this angry path right and i'm like you know grousing and complaining and telling everybody like all the reasons why i'm right and how this you know this you know, my brain goes to, okay, well, like they're always doing things wrong and they never trust me. And, you know, it can escalate. And then I just end up, you know, creating more negativity for everyone. And no one is going to hear the original point that's actually really important for patient care. Right. And so that's just one of, you know, thousands of examples that happen every day in the hospital, but most people are not going through this process of noticing their own emotional state, asking and digging deeper what they're making it mean about themselves and owning that and cleaning that up. And then deciding to let that be there While they then remind themselves the other person's probably doing the best that they know how, and you know, how can we move forward productively? Most people are just reacting in the moment and acting defensively, and they're just both, both people are kind of going into their own silos and defending their point of view and not able to get past that because they're so clouded by all these, you know, emotions. So that is where this can be so powerful. And you may be thinking, okay, that's all great and well and good, but that sounds like a lot to do in the moment when I'm working. <laughs> right. Um, and I know my clients get so frustrated because they're like, yeah, but like in the moment I, you know, I may know all this, but in the moment I'm still like frustrated and that's totally normal. Emotions are incredibly powerful. And as I said, most of us are going to have of ignoring them and not acknowledging or coping with them in any sort of healthy way. Um, And we're scared that if we do, it's going to take all this time. It's going to make us look emotional. And I want to reassure you that the more that I acknowledge my emotions and own them and all this stuff, I actually act much calmer (laughs) to everyone around me. Like, trust me, it does work. But I also want to point out that the process of changing and believing something like this Isn't overnight. So it's not like you're, you convince yourself that everyone's doing the best they know how and you're going to always remember all the time at work and with your family members and all the things, right? It's just not how life works. What actually happens is you begin to notice it after it happens, right? So you have an interaction, it doesn't go well, and then you're at home and you're stewing about it, right? And then you realize you go back with a coach or with your own self coaching, you say, okay what happened there? Like, why did I do what I did? You know, openly loving yourself, being open to recognizing where you were just being human and emotional or whatever the case may be. But after the fact, right? So after the fact, you recognize what happened, you unpack it, you find those thoughts that you had under there, right? Just like I did. I, oh my gosh, like whether it's with my husband or my kid or, you know, someone at work, I tend to always come back to this, like they're taking advantage of me. Right. And now you find that core thought that's often there. And once you've named that to yourself, now, the next time that something happens, you're going to notice it sooner. So it may not be after the fact, but you might be in the conversation with the person and you'll notice your brain being like, they're taking advantage of you. Blah blah blah, Right. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Like your brain will be like, oh, wait, we, we thought about this. And you might catch it partway through the conversation that time right before it gets down down all the way to after the fact when you're feeling frustrated right so that's how it works it's like after the fact you unpack it you notice the emotion you notice the reason for the emotion you think about you know how you might want to handle it differently and you remember those core thoughts that you tend to have that get you into trouble right and then the next time you notice it a bit more quickly Maybe you are able to stop it halfway through the conversation and then eventually you may even get to the point where you can head it off before it even happens, right? And so don't get frustrated if you're thinking like, well, fine, that's all well and good, but I get frustrated in the moment. Anyway, that is totally normal. That is being human. It never goes away. And you know, you'll think you have this all figured out like, and then someone will just you'll, you know, they'll tap on something else that's a sensitive spot and you'll have another area of growth to learn. That's the amazing part of being human is there's always more ways you can learn and grow and evolve, uh, which is amazing. The other piece of this I wanted to talk about is that once you have done the process of detecting the emotion, digging deeper, finding the thought that you're having, that's making it about you, right? One of the things you can do when you're deciding how you want to handle it is you can say, okay, how can I tweak this belief? or add on a new belief to soften it. And I gave one example of this earlier, right? So when I'm thinking they're taking advantage of me, I can keep that thought. I don't have to convince myself they're not, right? I can just say, and I also believe they're doing the best they know how, right? And so you can soften it just with that. And the next time that you notice yourself in that thought process, right, it's like a red flag. You're like, oh, there I am thinking that. And I also thought this through and I know they're probably doing their best. Right. And so you can hold both of those thoughts there, but just adding on the second more helpful one will immediately soften your emotions. Um, And so another example of this that I just wanted to give real quickly here before I uh, wrap up is this idea came up a lot for me with covid during the time of covid you know as a physician i had all these sort of facts and logic and information it felt very personal to my family um, my family's safety before we had vaccines and all these things that people should not be traveling very much and they should be wearing masks and all, all the caution right and i had friends and family who you know as you many of you have probably experienced during covid saw things quite differently and so for a long time, I literally I, I felt frustrated and isolated and angry and disconnected from almost everyone in my life. Not just because of COVID, there were many other things. I talked about this back in my first reboot episode of Rethink Your Rules. You can go back and listen to the whole story. But, but one of the things that I discovered was I had a lot of should thoughts about all of my friends and family, right? And so when I was thinking they should they should care about this or they don't care about me and my family's safety or they're just being selfish or they should know all the data like I do or they should listen to everything I say and believe me because like I'm their smart friend or their doctor friend or whatever, right? Like as long as I was thinking all of those should thoughts, right? I was getting this very like um, sort of disconnected, angry, hurt state, right? I couldn't... Interact successfully or happily with any of those people. And it got to the point that, you know, I didn't like the result of that, right? Because I wanted to have friends and human connection and I, I didn't want to feel isolated and frustrated with people all of the time. And so I also... <laughs> had a really hard time convincing myself that it wasn't, you know, selfish of these people to do the things that they were doing, right? And that how could they hear me say words and then say they agreed with them and then do the exact opposite? Like that was just my brain was like, no, they are selfish. They are this way, right? And so what I ended up having to do was to say, okay, this drives me crazy, <laughs> right? Whatever my my friend or family member was doing. Um, this drives me crazy. This makes me feel like they don't care about me, whatever it is, right? And I know people aren't rational, right? And this is something that I've alluded to a few times, but we know that people don't always act out of logic and facts, but they often act out of emotions and their own, they put their own spin on things as we talked about last week from their own life experiences. And so my friends and family on some level, like are doing, first of all, they're doing the best they know how as we've been talking about, and some of their decisions are not going to be purely rational, as, and let's be honest, now there are mine, right? (laughs) On some levels, some of my decisions aren't purely rational. Although we always want to think our own decisions are the most rational. That's just human nature. Um, But I truly believe that. And I believe the science supports that. And so I was able to slowly but surely get my brain a little less attached to, you know, these people don't care about me. These people that are supposed to be my friends and family don't really love me. They don't think I know what I'm talking about. This is so insulting. They're putting my family at risk. You know, this is, you know, this drives me crazy, all that. I started noticing those thoughts coming up and then I would be able to tack on and maybe all that's true, right? My brain was very attached to that belief system. Maybe all that's totally true. And you know what else is always also true, Jenny? People aren't always rational, right? People are doing the best they know how and it always doesn't, doesn't always make sense. And so I really think if you can take a minute to notice a frustrating relationship in your life. And you can notice the emotion that's happening. Notice the actions you're taking that aren't working for you. Back it up and say, dig deeper. Okay, what am I making this mean about me? Why is this a problem for me? And get really honest with yourself. I'm sure you will find that you are making it personal. (laughs) It's just the way the world works, right? And um, once you notice that, give yourself permission to be a human who's frustrated by things that you take personally. That's Okay. And then decide if you want to only head down that path, right? Like, which is going to involve being separated from them, being frustrated with them. Maybe, you know, all these bad outcomes we've talked about before from being in that negative space. Or do you want to like notice that emotion, name it to yourself, and then remind yourself they're doing the best they know how. They're not always going to be rational, right? And just see if you can notice that after the fact, And then maybe notice that during a tough interaction, and then even maybe start to do that before an interaction uh, so that you can kind of be prepared and ready to head off the uncomfortable conversations. And I'm telling you, uh, over time, it gets easier and easier. And um, you don't have to do this with everyone in your life. I recommend picking like one person to work on this with that's really most problematic for you and, and then kind of see how it goes and then apply it to other. You'll find that once you work on this skill, you can apply it to other relationships as well. Uh, one other example I just want to quickly give on this topic was I, um, having had a differently wired kid, my husband and I realized, you know, once we got his diagnoses and everything, um, there were all these things that we had been really frustrated by. Like, why won't he get dressed faster? Why can't he brush his teeth? Why is he so messy? You know, all these things he's, you know, and we were like, it's just thinking like, okay, he's a six year old. He should be able to do this by now. As soon as we got his diagnosis, <laughs> my husband, we, we were like, oh, well he can't do it because he's, you know. His executive function in all these areas is delayed, right? And immediately all those behaviors that we were so frustrated by before, like he should be able to do this and he's not. Suddenly it was like, oh, well, of course he can't do it. He's doing the best he can. And the best he can is not at the same age as other people who are at the same age, right? Other kids who are at the same age level. And so immediately our whole emotional state around his behavior changed, right? We were much more accepting and loving because we're like, oh, this is the best he can do rather than he should be at this level for this age, Right. And my husband actually said to me after we got his diagnosis, you know, we could have maybe just made the decision to think this way about it without the diagnosis, (laughs) right? And he was totally right. It was 100% true. Like, that was just a thought, a decision. Like, sure, it was easier to make that choice once we had some sort of like, you know, apparently more objective data showing us that but also it could have been nice to just give ourselves the gift of accepting him how he was and believing he was doing his best even without some sort of uh, external validation of that right we could have made that choice at any point in time and made our life a lot better and the fact was you know and there's some some writers who talk about kids who talk about this like kids are doing the best they know how they are doing the best they can and most often we just need to believe that about them rather than trying to like expect them to be something that they're not even if it looks different than other kids right and that was actually very powerful when we realized that we could have simply made that choice anytime and even further i later realized i could make that choice about anyone not just kids right and you can also make that choice right now about anyone in your life to just assume they're doing the best that they know how and give you and them the gift of that acceptance and love. And I guarantee you, it will make such a difference for you and them. <laughs> All right. So with that, I hope this is super helpful for you. I hope these practical examples are helpful. Please let me know. So I need to hear from you to know if this is useful so I can bring more content that's similar. If you have questions, examples, I would love to be able to cover those on a future episode. So you can send me an email or message me on social media. I'm always here to set up a free consult call if you want to see how you can apply this to your life. And as always, if you are finding this helpful, just take literally five seconds to give us a five-star review so we can make sure this gets out to more women just like you. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD. Would you like to learn more about how to apply this to your own life through personalized coaching with Jenny? Visit us on the web at JennyHobbsMD.com to schedule a free consultation. If you found value in what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and giving us a five-star rating so we can reach even more women like you.